We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up and welcome to the uncontested podcast coming to you live sunday july 9th from the blue wire studios inside the wind resort here in las vegas for nba summer league i'm your host for the morning show jacob niffin to my left here i've got justin peabody hello everybody farther to my left i got taylor peterson with me vegas and over here to my right we've got the one and only nick crane Back in the lab. Back in the lab. Hopefully you are tuning in the live stream, checking out the studio here. Uh, freaking incredible. Insane. Always my favorite time of year to get back here to the Blue Wire studio, record in here. Feels so official. Very. It's incredible. This is TP and I's first time. Yes, yep. it is. Awesome. I feel like I'm on a sports center right now or something. Like I'm going <laughs> to pass it over to Scott Van Pelt. Is that also Taylor? Yes, that is Taylor. I'm often known as the Scott Van Pelt of this podcast. So, <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, <laughs> but a, match, a major shout out to the Blue Wire team who got us in here this morning. Came in early. Uh, we really appreciate it because, like you guys mentioned, this is a pretty incredible experience, and we're thankful to get the opportunity. Uh, freaking incredible! It's awesome. Speaking of incredible, we've been out here at Summer League now, day three. Our fans, we gotta let them know, like. There's a lot of people who aren't out here at Summer League who are following along with us on socials, uh, on the podcast, to see not only what the Thunder are doing, but what the experience is like. So what are some of your guys' favorite things that we've seen, experienced, done, uh, people we've gotten to see, et cetera, while we've been out here? I think big picture, the, I wouldn't even call it access, but the the players and the and the coaches and the celebrities that are just out with like no security, like guys that you would Joel Embiid last night, just walking through the casino lobby. Joel Embiid's walking with like one person. Kind of hard to miss him. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> in most other settings, he's got a security team with him. You know, and this is one of those weird, you know, kind of summer league things that players are just more open to being around. Yeah, you run into people like in line for the concession stand, or like you said, walking through hotel lobbies. It's, it's kind of crazy. We saw uh, Derek Favors just Thunder play, legend playing cards by himself last night, just hanging out. Like, same thing, like you said, Nick, 
it's it's a totally different environment. Whereas I think a lot of times for NBA fans, when you come across these guys, it's a very standoffish type of environment. Whereas here, they're just they're just kind of one other person, and it's it's awesome. And and you see it everywhere. You see it at the games in the arena. You see it in the hotels. You see it around uh, around the city. It's a it's such a cool experience for any NBA fan. So we went full tourist group uh, or full tourist last night with the group that we were with and just kind of play the game of who can spot an NBA player first and who is it, <laughs> which was just incredible because like you guys mentioned, we're, you're walking through and you literally just, you look up and there's Joel Embiid on his way to Michael Rubin's party that we missed the invite for. Uh, <laughs> it, really it, it got wild. lost in the spam folder on the email. Yeah, 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 totally. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> next year, next year. But I think other than that, getting to be there for Victor Wimbyama's debut and not only that, but Scoop versus Eamon Thompson right before. That's like the energy in that arena. I've been fortunate to be, all of us have, to be in the uh, Chesapeake Arena, now Paycom, for some of these huge playoff games and series that Thunder have had. And that experience in that arena at Thomas and Mack, when Victor Wimbyama took the floor, was unlike anything I'd probably have experienced in a sports setting. It was very, very hyped. Like, even leading into it, Jabari Smith Jr. hitting a game winner, getting all of Thomas and Mack on their feet. The final game, a little bit of a letdown. Not as, not as cool. Not as cool. Still an awesome experience. <laughs> Hashtag Chet better. Hey, there it is. <laughs> so we also hit NBA Con yesterday. First ever NBA Con in the history of Summer League. Got to do a few cool things there. The first one that I thought was really awesome was they had a 20-foot shot. So I was trying to find you guys, and someone <laughs> said, hey, they're all over there doing the 20-foot shot. And my first thought was, it's like a little longer than a free throw. Like, who cares about a 20-foot shot? Like, <laughs> okay. I was mistaken. 20 feet up, double. We dropped the video, uh, Justin, with his magic on the, on the YouTubes. I'm pretty sure as a group, it was a, a, the official tally was 0 for 21. Not great. That's right. Uh, Tell the listeners who got closest. No. But go watch the video and find out. There, oh, look at that. Uh, but what, what did make me feel better is that later that day, J-Dub tried it. And uh, it took him like 13 or 14 tries. We only got three tries each. So I felt a little better about that. I think we all deserve 13 or 14 tries as well. But, you know. Speaking of NBA Con, though, uh, it was a cool event. There's lots of cool stuff going on. I think the, the other big thing that stood out to me that we got to see was the announcement about the in-season tournament. Getting to see that from, from Adam Silver live, uh, seeing the players on stage, that was a really cool experience, too. The, the crowd was jacked. It, it's a cool concept, and I, it was awesome to get to be a part of that. Definitely. So it was live on ESPN. Uh, Malika Andrews, Richard Jefferson hosting. Obviously, Adam there, a whole lot of the players as well. And they announced what the, pre or the in-season tournament will look like and the group stages as well. Uh, so my first thought for Taylor and for Nick over here, just your thoughts on the NBA implementing this very new thing. Adam Silver mentioned takes a while to build a tradition. How do you guys think the in-season tournament is going to go over? Are people like, are fans going to get into it early? Do you think, how do you think NBA teams respond to it? I mean, most of these games are just regular season games, right? Until you make the semifinals and the finals and you come out here to Vegas for it. What do you think the initial reaction is going to be and how is it going to look in practice? I think even initially, there's going to be some additional hype, whether that's fans and, and media outlets creating hype around it. I don't know how much the, some players 500K 
winning is not going to be much of a needle mover. Um, <laughs> for a two-way guy, though. No, no, totally, totally. Yeah, right. Um, for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in the month of November, like all of a sudden you're the second month of the season and every, what is it, Tuesday and Friday, these games will will happen. It goes from a random Thunder playing the, you know, whatever team to this has some some stakes to it. And right. I think that from a fan perspective, which is ultimately the business, the NBA wants the fans to spend money and have the experience. That's awesome. I think that just adds extra skin to the game. To your point, Nick, like that could potentially solve part of the quote unquote resting problems that we see with stars. You know, we've heard a lot in recent years about, oh, I'm going to go watch Joel Embiid, for example, and he, well, he's resting tonight because they want to make sure that knee's good come playoff time. And I understand this is earlier in the season, uh, not super close to playoffs, which is key. Um, but some, but that could potentially fix part of that issue. The other thing I thought of as well, and shout out to our guy, Kamiar, uh, one of our other co-hosts who isn't here this week, but he's mentioned a lot about Silver trying to model or, or take notes and different aspects from international soccer. And that was one of the very first things that Silver mentioned up on stage. Now, shout out to uh, Blue Wire family member, uh, Keith Smith, who was in the studio recording the other day. He's mentioned like, if you're going to take you know, try and for this to be inspired from international soccer, then let like teams from other leagues come in yes. like across seas or even maybe like some of the better G league teams, G league ignite, let them participate in this. That's probably the next step because like silver mentioned, it takes a little while to build a tradition. So that, that's something I like to see implemented. Moving that forward. was exactly my thought, Taylor. I think you look at it in soccer, both European and, and domestically in the U S one of the most interesting things about those end season tournaments that makes it feel a little bit different is you, like in the U.S., you get MLS and USL clubs playing each other. And for the USL clubs, that's a huge opportunity to like knock off one of the big dogs. You see the same thing in European soccer with like the FA Cup and things like that. I, this could be something like that. And I think as much as you see them start to kind of play up the G League with the Ignite and doing some of these showcases and things, I, that feels like a really logical ne next step. Quick aside, uh Nothing like looking out this window here and seeing Jared Dudley walk by and glance over and watch. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks Summer League coach. And uh, shout out to the people. We got we got a couple listeners standing out in the hallway, literally watching us right now, which is pretty sick. Yeah. We got Dave and Vic standing outside watching us. So shout out to them. What do you think about the group Oklahoma City's playing with? So let's go through all the groups. But before we get there real quick, Taylor's idea of bringing G League teams or overseas teams. Like, I understand the, the U.S. soccer aspect of it. The overseas, I'm not a big overseas soccer guy, right? I can just imagine the takes on Twitter, though, when Ephes comes over and beats, like, the Los Angeles oh, Lakers absolutely. in a tournament. Yeah. Just the discourse is going to be absolutely, absolutely incredible. Uh, all right, let's talk about the groups because there are six, three in the East, three in the West. I'm going to give each of you a group. You have to predict who will win that group. So when you play in the group, there's five teams. You play the other four teams in your group once each, and then the whoever has the best record of group play moves on to like the, the tournament. Okay. Nick, you're up first. Group one in the East, the 76ers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons. Hmm. Give me the Cavs. They they felt like they were on the brink of something special last year, didn't quite get there. 
think this is their year. I think I think that they're a team that kind of similar to the Thunder. You can see the model of what they're building, and they just need a more experience. They're super young. This is the year for them. Justin, Group Two in the East: the Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, and Charlotte Hornets. Obviously, the Bucks are going to be the favorite. But just like in the playoffs last year, give me the heat, baby. Don't bet against Jimmy. I love that. This, to me, guys, group two in the East kind of feels like the weakest group. Yeah, I agree. Washington is in there. The Hornets are in there. I mean, the Knicks are fine, but they're not great. Yep. You know, the Bucks should steamroll that group. I think, I think the question will be how motivated are the Bucks to win the in-season tournament? Very fair. Halfway joking, halfway serious. I mean... Got to think about Dame Lillard with the Heat as well. Hey, there we go. Throw a wrinkle into things, but I'm with you too. It's it's very top heavy. It's a top heavy group. Definitely, Taylor. You get Group Three in the East: the Celtics, the Nets, Raptors, Bulls, and Magic. I don't love this group either, although I think there is quite a bit of competition there. Uh, a pretty equal group, but going with the you said the Celtics first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celtics far and away. I think in this group. Yeah, this group also kind of weak. I mean, Brooklyn's not going to be great. The Raptors, apparently running it back, just cycling in Dennis Schroeder instead. Like, Good luck. Don't think that makes them much better. Not so much. Bulls and Magic. I mean, both Bulls maybe go in the opposite direction of the Magic, but both kind of in the same tier. Let's go out west. Taylor, I'm starting with you again. Group four, the Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, Blazers. That's really tough. I mean, that, especially thinking of the Suns and the Lakers. Um, but, like, there's potential for upset in that group as well. It's a pretty strong group, top to bottom. I'm going to go with Suns, I think. That's fair. This would be a really interesting group, considering Memphis is also in there. But this in-season tournament starts in November. That means no jaw. I think that takes away a lot of luster. That's from this one. Yep. Justin, group five. Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas Mavericks, Houston Rockets. Obviously the Rockets. I mean, the Nuggets. <laughs> the, the Nuggets. I mean, they were so good in the playoffs. I, they've got to be the favorites next year for anything, whether it's the in-season tournament, the NBA playoffs, doesn't matter. Yeah, that, I mean, the Clippers, the guys never play. The, the Pelicans. You want to talk about a team that's not going to get up for the in-season tournament. It is the LA Clippers. I think that's probably pretty fair. Nick. Group six out west, the Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, Thunder, Spurs. Very interesting grouping. It's a tough one, honestly. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Give me Golden State. Okay. I think a guy like Chris Paul just like, even even in season when it's not the playoffs, like he's a guy that just changes the game. I know he's got this, he's old. He's, he doesn't have his, his ability to score anymore. He's not in his prime. Chris Paul's still a beast. He's, he's a huge addition to the league. I did kind of give me a thought, Nick. Like, I wonder if some of these teams like that, especially teams like the Suns or the Warriors who have big additional pieces coming in from this offseason, do they kind of treat these games as early, like, playoff-type games? Kind of get a feel for how that would potentially look? That's and an then, interesting thought. Rather, And then you can kind of rest the Chris Pauls and the Joel Embiid's, like I mentioned earlier, later in the, uh, the season when you're past the midseason tournament. It's kind of an opportunity to see what that would look like come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about experiences. Like whether you're rebuilding or you're a playoff team, if, if you can put your team in a situation where it's like, this is a must-win game, it, it's hard to do that in the regular season. You can't, you could tell your team, let's treat this like a must-win. At the end of the day, it's an 82-game season and it's just one game. With this, you can kind of emulate that a bit. Definitely. I've kind of had the thought that maybe teams don't take it super serious in these like, group play games because they're just like regular season games it's what tuesdays or wednesdays and fridays like it's just going to feel kind of normal but then those top eight this the six that win the six groups and then they take the leading team from each conference as the wild cards and they get thrown into an basically an elite eight whoever wins the first game from there the final four make it out to vegas i think once you get to that final four teams start to take it pretty seriously and there's a little bit of extra extra something in those games that's going to be fascinating to watch you you know they're going to add more stipulation this is just the the intro to this totally. tournament there i would love to see i don't know how you would do it in some sports it's like the all-star game dictates like the one of the all-star game gets you know home court or home field advantage i'm curious if there's something with the in-season tournament where the winner gets some sort of edge in the playoffs That'd be interesting. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. I think there's a lot of things to still work through. At the end of the day, though, the last major change the league has made is they put in the play-in tournament. Massive, massive success. I think we all agree on that. A lot of people were pretty iffy on the play-in tournament. I mean, it's one of the best things the league has done in a very long time. It's a blast. So I think we're going to see something similar come up with this. Maybe it takes a couple of years, but I think we'll get there. Any more thoughts on in-season tournament before we move on? It's a good idea. Good experience. Make things more fun. E- even if teams don't take it seriously, fans will. I so it'll be another reason for them to tune into a game. It, NBA it, Twitter is going to eat this oh, yes. up. Yes, that'll be really fun. You know who else might also eat this up? Uh, Chauncey Billups, who just walked by and checked this out recording. <laughs> <laughs> he might eat that up. Casual. <laughs> wonder how he feels about the Dame situation. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, before we go too much farther, should we talk about this? We teased it yesterday. Let's do it. You go ahead. Okay. So one of the other really cool things about this experience has been the Thunder actually sent us with some stuff, which is dope. Uh, shout out to the Thunder. 
for for supporting us out here. They they sent us with a bunch of swag to give away. We've given away almost all of it. After yesterday, we we saw so many Thunder fans around the arena yesterday. We were handing out a bunch of stuff. But we have one thing, uh, and if you've tuned into our last couple shows, you've seen it. It's this here giant, giant Thunder flag. That's upside down. That I just hung upside down, so that was stellar. We're giving this away. So if you want to win this flag, drop a comment in the chat. Uh, We're going to scroll through at the end of the show, pick one at random, and you're going to get to take that flag home. Uh, We'll mail it to you, and that'll be your little summer league memento. So shout out to the Thunder for hooking us up. I think super cool uh, opportunity for us to to engage with Thunder fans. So we wanted to have a little something-something for our live stream viewers, too, that, that didn't make it out to Vegas. So drop a comment in the chat before the show's over, and you could win. Definitely. We were given a whole bunch of lanyards and wristbands and a whole lot of really cool stuff from the thunder got a chance to meet up with a ton of thunder fans at the thunder summer league game yesterday give all that swag away i got a selfie with a lot of the dudes that sat with us which was was really cool cool. it was fun like in this just big conglomerate of all these different nba fans to have our little pocket of thunder dudes all together to watch that game yesterday experience queso's debut experience the the chet experience for some of you guys, the very first time, for a lot of people, the for first a lot time of them, right? live, uh, just a really fun experience. So yeah, shout out to, to the Thunder for sure. Speaking of the Thunder, we were hanging out in our section watching the game yesterday, about to watch the game. It hadn't tipped off yet. And everyone's phones simultaneously buzz because everyone's got Woj notifications on that the Thunder have made a trade. Ironically enough, as soon as that trade was made, we saw Sam Presti walking down the stairs right next to us. So my mind starts turning like, did this man literally just hang up like this trade call or did Woj just now find out about it and happened a few hours ago? Like, what's, the, what's going on here? But the Thunder have officially made another trade. I got the details for you right here. Woj is reporting that the Thunder are trading Patty Mills, who they recently acquired and got three second round picks for taking on his salary. For Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, Rudy Gay finally makes it to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ennis would be so happy. We're going to move on from that. (laughs) And a second round pick. So now the Thunder took on three picks to get Patty Mills, got paid in two former first round pick selections, and another second to trade away Patty Mills. And Woj, in his article after reporting the trade, says that Tai Tai and Usman still have interest around the league. There's a lot of teams that are still interested. And the Thunder may be able to sell those guys for additional picks. If you total up all the second and first rounders over the next seven years, 35 selections that the Thunder own. Our guys over at Daily Thunder tweeted, for the entirety of the existence of the franchise in Oklahoma City, they have made 36 draft selections. They have 35 in the next seven years. Pretty incredible. First question, how do we feel about this trade? Like, do any of these guys stick? Are they all getting bought out or waived or or moved on in a subsequent deal? Thunder are now up to 21 rostered players, which is the max you are allowed to carry during the offseason. So unless they're sending out like a two-for-one or a two-for-none, no more players coming in. Like, they've reached the threshold. My first thought was, so we mentioned the Wimbyama debut, debut, which was incredible, uh, but that game got a little dull. 
And so I get up at halftime, go to the bathroom. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go check out this other gym, just see who's in there. And kind of like saw a couple scouts, which, which was cool, and saw a couple Hawks players and Kings players. But then I look over, and Sam Presti's at the top of the bleachers watching this game, which isn't super unique for him, I don't think, because like Nick mentioned, I think he likes an empty gym. He likes being in, in those unique situations where maybe he can catch something that others aren't. And he's seen Wimbenyama plenty of times at this point. But it puts things into perspective, into a whole new perspective when that trade goes down and he's sitting there watching the Hawks. Now, granted, Ty Ty, Garuba, like neither of them were playing on the Summer League roster, but I found that interesting. But to your point, Jacob, it just shows like how opportunistic Presti is, how strategic he is. In comparison, not to just like bash a team, but I think about the Rockets who literally just gave Dylan Brooks extra money and gave Jeff Green extra money just to fill that cap space. And um, where you have Presti using it as an asset in this situation, getting more and more flexibility for this team long-term when they're finally in contention again. And I mean, it, it really is a, a huge asset to have. I think I view this as a picks deal. Like maybe one of these guys sticks. Maybe they all get traded. You know, there, there's, there's a, a billion things that could happen. Um, but if, if you just wave the players tomorrow, getting four second round picks for rerouting Patty Mills, like not even taking them on, you rerouted them is what you did. At the trade deadline last year, we saw significant pieces get moved for three to five second round picks. So we could look back on this and say, this player that the Thunder traded for at the deadline this upcoming uh, February, the following February, they got that player just by rerouting Patty Mills. Like that, that's what it's going to end up being, which yep. is incredible. I think that's what's crazy is the Thunder were not a necessary piece of this trade, but Sam Presti found a way to insert himself into the trade and benefit from it. And if they end up moving Tai Tai or Usman for more picks, like that's insane. Again, like not a necessary part of this. The Hawks could have made that trade themselves. Like if there's interest for Tai Tai and Usman, they didn't need to move them to the Thunder. They could go reach out to those teams. Obviously, Patty Mills is is the sweetener here, but I think it, it's just so fascinating. I think that's that's what Presti's been so good about for the Thunder is being opportunistic and looking for those opportunities to insert the Thunder into those conversations and bring back something in return. And that's why you have 35 picks. Definitely. And this move is also a cost-saving move for Atlanta. I think they save $4.5 million, uh, especially by moving the Rudy Gay contract. But yeah, I'm waiting for the inevitable. The Oklahoma City are trading for X player and they send out 10 future second round picks. It, I mean, it's which some, is like 25% of the, the hall. Yeah. We, we just got a comment in the chat from Connor that says the next CBA is going to have an asset cap titled the thunder clause. <laughs> I mean, I think people still view second round picks as like not that valuable. When the, you look at the new CBA, oh, the league is yeah. changing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially hey, right. with the new rule that you don't have to sign second round picks with cap space or with an exception there's a specific tool in the new CBA for you to sign your second round picks makes them so much more valuable. I think Presti is playing the long game here, seeing what is going to be valuable in the future. Let me stack up on that. Now it's kind of like a, what a Dogecoin or Bitcoin. <laughs> like people are like, I always get excited for what analogy Jacob is going to use. Yeah. It's like, what's going to be the new thing in 10 years. And then that's what Presti is going to start stacking. Right. Uh, so I just, I think it's really interesting. Usman Garuba, Tai Tai Washington, Rudy Gay. 
I think we all assume they're probably not going to stick around. There's just too many guys on this <laughs> roster. Put those three in order for me. Most likely to stick around, down to least likely to stick around. What do you got? I think the obvious one for me, that most likely to stick around is Ty Ty Washington. Um, Big-time recruit, five-star coming into Kentucky. Had a pretty solid season in Kentucky. I actually looked up some just some different articles and things that were written after he was selected by the Rockets. I actually think this was, um, yeah, this is from The Athletic. Shot 57.4% on his 47 floater attempts this season. Uh, finished top 25 nationally in points scored off floaters. Like, has a really good floater game. He's also a great playmaker. Um, he has length in terms of wingspan. It's, he's kind of uh, similar to Casey Wallace in that regard, although not nearly as big, obviously. It has a lot of similar characteristics, not nearly as strong on the defensive end. But regardless, I think he has a lot of potential, which is why Woj put that uh, comment in there that he did in his article yesterday. There's a lot of interest there. Uh, like if we're ranking these players in terms of trade value, I think he's at the very top as well. So because of that, I'm putting Ty Ty uh, at number one. I feel pretty strongly Garuba. Really? I agree, Nick. I think when you look at a team like the Thunder that has a bunch of guys, who can, who can make an impact and get minutes that doesn't need the ball in their hands? Like Garuba doesn't take a lot of shots. Yep. He's not an offensive-minded like, player. Hell of a defender. Um, he shot last season. He's not, not known for being a three-point shooter, but he did shoot 40.7% on 59 attempts last season. I think he's a guy that... It, it, when you look at Ty Ty versus Garuba, if you can allocate 10 minutes to either next season, you're going to get a lot more out of Garuba and get a lot more out of his skill set and a more limited sample size versus Ty Ty being a guard that needs the ball in his hands to make plays. I'm not saying Ty Ty isn't better than Garuba or doesn't have a higher ceiling, but I think for this Thunder team and, and making a seamless fit, I, I feel pretty strongly Garuba would be the guy. But I think what you said, Taylor, is right. I think Ty Ty is probably the most valuable trade asset. I think Garuba has the most likely chance to stick. Sticking around, that's fair. And we finally got Rudy Gay, guys. It finally <laughs> happened after years of rumors. <laughs> Putting him at third pretty easily, uh, <laughs> likely getting bought out. Yeah, it'll yeah, be, that's what I was about 37 in August. I think Rudy Gay... And Victor Oladipo, I almost said Victor Wembanyama, the better Victor Oladipo, <laughs> more accomplished Victor, I think uh, are two probably pretty good candidates to be bought out. Um, you got 21 guys on the roster. Well, like, what are you going to do with all crazy. those dudes? And then just you like, know? not to completely change the topic, but like Trey Mann performing as he has in summer league. We talked a lot about this two podcasts ago when we first got here in Vegas, like, it will be fascinating to see how this this roster crunch, roster battle, if you want to call it that, heading into this uh, training camp, what that's going to shape out to be and how Presti navigates this. It's it's so fascinating. Like, I don't know about you guys. I did not expect all of this stuff for free agency for the Thunder. Like, we knew we had cap space. We knew they needed to do something with it. But my God. <laughs> like, the, the Vasily Micich news Feels like very old news. That was a long time ago. That was like yep. a week ago. Like literally, <laughs> it was a week ago. Was. It's crazy. It like NBA free agency just moves so, so quickly. Speaking of, we are out here for another 28 hours. If you could have one, like, let's say groundbreaking NBA thing, piece of news, woes bomb, whatever happened. Well, we're out here, which we've all described Summer League in Vegas as basically NBA Twitter come to life. Like, that's what it is. Like, you just see people everywhere. 
being out here in this setting, if you could have one groundbreaking NBA piece of news drop while we're out here, what would it be? Carl Anthony Towns traded to the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, okay. Very specific. Very specific and very <laughs> random. I love it. It's not random. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's got to be the Dame trade. Yeah. And I want it to happen like when we're sitting in Thomas and Mack Center so that the same thing that happened before the Thunder game where everybody pulls out their phones at the same time because they've got their Woj notifications on. Like, I want that. But Dame, like people are going to be screaming in the middle of a, a random game between the Cavaliers and the Pacers and the players are going to be like, what's going on? Like, I would love that so much. It was to that point. It was pretty funny when that trade went down, we're watching Nick Carlson, Nazi Muhammad down low baseline. And they both just kind of pull off their phones. You kind of see them like talking to one another, looking at each other. That would be, yeah. The Dame trade would be that on steroids. That's my answer as well. Two guys going, I, I appreciate your originality. <laughs> okay. I mean, when you ask the question, every person watching this show is like, are they just going to say the Dame trade? <laughs> and people say Nick isn't the fun okay, one on the fine, pod. Fine, <laughs> I'll go with the James Harden trade. Okay, I like that. Jacob, what about you? Oh, man. Why are you putting me on the spot? I'm the host. Well, you get to ask the questions and never answer <laughs> <know>. the questions. <laughs> Give me the Paul George trade. Oh, now we're talking. Clippers move on from PG. Realize it's a sunk cost. Time to do something new. New York Nick, Paul George. Wow. Apparently they kicked the tires back around the draft. He would need an extension, which I think scares teams. True. Scares me. Definitely scares me. All right. Last one before we get out of here, guys. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S., through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. We've watched the Thunder play four summer league games now. Three out in Salt Lake, one here in Vegas. They don't play again until we leave. They play Tuesday against the... Rockets. Rockets, who have Noah Men Thompson, which sucks. Does suck. I wanted to see Queso clamp a man. These final three, four summer league games that the Thunder will play, I think it's four, at least four. What are some things you are hoping to see, things you are looking for? Maybe continuations of what we've seen, maybe an extension of something that we've already seen, so maybe something new. But what are you looking forward to seeing from this team moving forward throughout summer league? Because after that last summer league game, we hit the dry spell. And we will not see this team play basketball until early October, whenever they hit preseason games. Although I cannot wait to see this international team uh, be well represented when they go. Uh, that is true. We get, do get to watch a lot of FIBA. FIBA. A lot of FIBA. I wonder who Thunder fans are going to root for. Is it Canada? Team Canada. And Shea, Shea Dort? Dort. Scott is it Australia with Josh and Jack White? Serbia? Is it Serbia Ooh. with Mitchich and Poku? Now we're talking. Is it Latvia and Davis Bertans? I know probably, there's, probably not that one. I know there's a lot of Bertans fans out there. 
The Latvian laser. So what are you guys looking forward to to seeing from this team for the remainder of Summer League? I, I want to see an end-to-end dominant performance from Chet. He's been really solid. He's had moments where he's like kind of asserting himself. I think you're starting to see him get his legs back a little more, kind of look a little bit more comfortable. But like thinking back to Summer League last year and like that first game, I want, I want that against the Rockets. I, I want to see that level of performance. And then that's probably it. Right, we probably get one more game out of Chet, and then he's done. I want him to go out on that high note, so that we can just dwell on that for the next three months, like you said, and just continually break down a meaningless summer league game. Uh, but I, I think he has an opportunity to do it, to put some of the pieces together, and I think it, it'd be a great into his summer league campaign. That was one of the first ones that came to my mind as well. When we mentioned like last night or yesterday on the post game podcast, tightening up that handle, it'd be nice to see him do that and kind of get those legs under him. I think another one for me is you mentioned like some of these guys potentially not playing moving forward, um, kind of getting shut down J-Dub style. Um, I think that'll give a player like Kaysen Wallace more opportunity to just have the ball in his hands and kind of be a, in a more a lead playmaker role than what we saw yesterday, which I think is more similar to what he'll look like playing along with Jay and J-Dub. Um, so seeing him in a more unique, unique situation and kind of seeing what else he's capable of, uh, seeing those skills on display is something I'm looking forward to. I'm going to embrace the role of not being the fun guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really excited for, how, how do I phrase this? I'm excited for the guys that are the focal points to be shut down because there's two two-way spots in the line. And I'm like really excited to see these guys battle it out. Obviously, I almost not, went not, with that one. I'm not going to make a decision at Summer League. But I think those guys know in their head, if I want a two-way contract, this is, this is my place to do it. And that's going to be really fun to see. You want to go through like really quickly some names you think Caleb McConnell's the first one that comes to my mind. Jared Butler is an obvious, he was on the two way last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen Tanner Groves yet. Yeah, I don't, I'm <laughs> no, probably not. Hot take, don't think he's getting the two way. Um, I, I could see McConnell, and, I mean, as of today, McConnell and Butler would probably be my two guys, though there's also guys on 29 other teams auditioning for a two-way contract. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be somebody in the Thunder Summer League roster. So back to my original point, like when guys get shut down, like keep an eye on guys all around the league because Sam is. He's going to sign maybe somebody outside of the Thunder organization right now. Definitely. I mean, he was in the Cox Pavilion whenever everyone else was watching Victor Wembanyama, probably scouting some guy playing on the Cavs Summer League roster that nobody's ever heard of before, ready to you know extend a two-way offer. So I think mine, probably Usman Jang. He had a very rough start to Summer League. Looked, he just struggled. And then we've seen this slow tick up for him ever since, kind of peaking with that final Salt Lake City game. I thought it played a really good game yesterday here in Vegas. Nothing is won or lost in Summer League. The kid is super young. But just to stack these performances, I think for an experience standpoint, and also for a confidence standpoint for him, the jump shot has looked better. The physicality has ramped up. Uh, we said this last night on the postgame pod. I don't know if it's just seeing him in person uh, or if it's actually like him being more physical, but there were some rebounds yesterday where like he was getting scrapped. He was like bodying guys, like going after it. Those are the types of things you want to see from him, he, him to, to have these, these stepping stones, these building blocks. And it's going to be a really competitive roster next year. They're going to have 15 guys on the NBA roster 
who can play minutes, who want to play minutes, who they want to see play minutes. And if you want that opportunity, you got to separate yourself. Crazy thing is you could probably say 18 players. Like I think the three two-way yeah. guys will be right? very capable, which is just wild to your point. And this is what you want for, for a team that's where the thunder is. You want these decisions to get harder and harder and harder. And I think we're, we're starting to see that. It feels like a corner is being turned, whereas in the past, it was pretty easy to pick out who probably wasn't going to make the cut. I think this year, it's the hardest one yet, and it probably just gets harder from here. Yeah, th- I mean, there's no Teo Maladone and Vic Krejci and Derek Favors on this team this year. And then you look to next year, where they still have three first-round picks next season. Like, you're not, I don't think, knock on wood, they won't draft and stash another first rounder, right? Do like the international draft or the internal draft and stash with a guy like Josh Eustis. It's going to keep going, right? And the cuts get harder. The competition gets better. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Any parting thoughts before we leave from the Blue Wire studio in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas? One more summer league moment that we didn't mention. Josh Giddy had like a... Uh, autograph opportunity, meet and greet kind of thing. And the MBPA's new booth that they have set up, uh, like a store they have set up in Thomas and Mac, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, Justin, and I got to go through and get a picture with Josh and shake his hands. That was really cool. Is the Riz as, as real as we think it is? Yep. I, One, 100%. I sent a pic to a buddy of mine who's not a basketball fan. And he said that Giddy's jawline looked like handsome Squidward. And that's the most <laughs> accurate comparison I've ever heard. It's interesting to see a guy that plays point guard be taller than Justin. Because for those that don't know, Justin's like <laughs> he's big, he's like six seven. In that yeah. picture, I was like, "Wow, Josh is like a lot bigger." He's than Justin. huge. He made me feel very small. Doesn't happen often, especially from no. guard. Yeah, right, right. Speaking of Justin's height, I think my favorite moment so far has been Justin meeting Derek Parker for the first time, <laughs> and Derek's first words just being, "Oh God, you're tall." <laughs> Incredible. Derek's like Shams height. Wow. <laughs> Derek probably takes Shams in the post. I think so. Wow. I think so. I th- I've, I've seen Derek hoop. I haven't seen Shams hoop. That's all I'm saying. Touche. <laughs> I bet he could hoop. I don't know. He doesn't have, he's got, always got his notifications on. He's always on his phone. Doesn't have time to hoop. Probably true. All I can picture right now is like the memes of Shams dunking on Woj. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for us. Do we need to give away a flag? We do need to give away a flag. Dude, we have a bunch of comments. Y'all are going nuts for the flag in the chat. Uh, also, really great discussion and comments. Appreciate all y'all for tuning in. Appreciate the guys watching out in the hallway as well. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, you know the, the meme of like the, the guy up on the balcony, like yeah. on the DJ thing, and there's yes. three guys sitting out in the street, like jumping <laughs> yes. up and down. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, I am going to close my eyes and scroll around in the chat and read the first name I land on. You ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. The eyes are closed. The flag goes to Connor B. Connor B. Shout out Connor B. Connor B probably spammed the hell out of the chat. <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. This was not a very um, rigorous selection <laughs> method. Uh, but Connor B, uh, drop us a DM on Twitter or something like that, and we'll get you this flag mailed out. Yeah, uh, drop us a DM, get us your address um, and all that. We'll, we'll get it mailed out whenever we get home. I think that'll do it for us from here at the Blue Wire Studio in the Wynn Resort in hot as hell Las Vegas, Nevada. The walk over to Thomas and Mac is horrible. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. 
We will catch you guys Tuesday after the Thunder take on the Houston Rockets. I think JD and Taylor have that game. I think that's right. So catch them on YouTube or afterwards, wherever you download your podcast at. We will see you guys then. Until then, as always, Thunder up. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.